Mark chapter 2, verses 18 through 22. Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. And people came and said to him, Why do John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast in that day. No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. If he does, the patch tears away from it, the new from the old, and a worse tear is made. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the wine will burst the skins, and the wine is destroyed, and so are the skins. But new wine is for fresh wineskins. This is the word of the Lord. And thanks be to God. Good morning, Westside. It is good to be with you. Um, happy Memorial Day weekend. And we pray that the prayer that we prayed together um, would come true in Jesus' name. Also on the church calendar, this is Ascension Sunday, where the church celebrates that Jesus Christ ascends and goes to the Father there in the book of Acts. And today, um, we wanted to take um, a very important um, time together and look at what it's going to look like for us in the future, in these next coming days and weeks as a church, to begin to regather again. And um, I was just speaking to Pastor Tyler uh, before this, and I just was thinking about how long ago it seemed uh, that first Sunday where we did our live stream and Jesus and germs was the sermon. And I mean, that seems like so long ago because there's been so much that has changed and transpired over that time. And when I begin to think about it, there, there literally is a song or an anthem that I think could summarize everything that's happened. Um, the year was 1964. Uh, President John F. Kennedy had just been murdered the year before. Vietnam was kicking off. The civil rights movement was in full swing. And a curly-haired, mumbly folk singer wanted to write an anthem for his times that he said. And so Bob Dylan released this self-titled album, These Times They Are A-Changin'. And the first verse says, Come gather round, people, wherever you roam, and admit that the waters around you have grown, and accept it that soon you'll be drenched to the bone, if your time is worth saving, then you better start swimming or you'll sink like a stone. For these times, they are a-changing. Is that not the truth? These times, they are a-changing. The verses that were read to you out of Mark chapter 2, um, if there could be an anthem for that, it would very much so be that. What Jesus is speaking about in Mark chapter 2 is, is a new thing. That, that God is doing a new thing in and through the kingdom of God and that Jesus is the king, that Jesus is the bridegroom that has now come and this has now been initiated, inaugurated, if you will. And so what I want to do is um, I want us to look at Mark chapter 2 as, as a grounding pad for us, if you will, because Jesus has some very serious practical wisdom 
um, I think that will rightly shape our expectations in this season. We say this often at Westside, our expectations affect our experience. And so we need to have Jesus rightly shape and form our expectations for the amount of change and the amount of new that is happening in our worlds and for us as a body of believers. But Jesus tells us something pretty, um, pretty profound here. And, and really the first thing that I want you to see is Jesus tells us how he works, how Jesus works. And I want to focus on verses 21 through 22. He says this, No one takes a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. If he does, the patch tears away from it. The new from the old. That's, that's super important. And then this, a worse tear is made. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the wine will burst the skins and the wine is destroyed and so are the skins. Now here it is. But the new wine is for fresh wineskins. So Jesus is the greatest teacher that ever lived. And Jesus is teaching about his disciples and these people asking a question about, hey, how come these guys fast? They're sort of obeying an Old Testament law. Your followers, they seem like rebels. They're not doing that. And so Jesus just goes, hey, um, common day illustration. Have you ever had, um, you know, like your clothes and they had a hole in them and it was an old shirt or an old pair of pants and, and you had a new piece of cloth and you, and, you, and you sewed it on there. And then when you washed that garment, what happened? That patch tore away because the patch is new and the garment is old. The same thing when it comes to the wine and the wineskins. The wineskins would have been sort of like a lamb skin or an animal skin. And when they would have put the wine in there and then the fermentation process and the gases expanding and all of that, if it was new wine in an old skin, it would have burst it. So here's, here's really what Jesus is saying. When something new is happening, when something new is happening, a new way of thinking is needed. Or to some, and this is really the big idea is this. What Jesus is saying is that Jesus doesn't fix old things. Jesus creates new things. I mean, the implications of that sentence are profound. Just think about it. Jesus doesn't fix old things. Jesus doesn't just patch things up. Jesus creates new things. God is in the new business. So when I think about this, I think oftentimes um, we think our life is sort of like the, uh, the, the Tom and Jerry cartoon, right? So I always remember watching Tom and Jerry as a kid. And there's that one scene where Tom has all of the holes in him and he drinks water. And then it, we have a picture of it. And then the water sort of comes out, right? We think that our life is like that. Like, oh, I, I, my marriage and, and my relationships. And I just, I, I'm leaky, if you will. I'm just leaky in a few areas, Okay. And so what I need is I need Jesus and I need church um, to patch me up. So, so we come in to be a part of a body of believers or we come to our Bible or we sort of pray to God this um, sort of prayer. Hey, hey, God, um, I need you to fix a few areas in my life. And, and, and I'll help you with that. Just show me what I need to do for you to fix 
a few areas in my life. And, and listen, I'm not discounting your sincerity in that. I, I believe that the Spirit of God is doing something that, as the Scripture says, that God is drawing you to Himself if you feel that urge and that desire. But listen, my job right now is to tell you what Jesus says. And if you come to Jesus that way, Jesus has just told us, He doesn't patch up our life. He gives us a new life. And that's a little bit scary. Because um, instead of God um, fix and patch up my spouse, God goes, well, I'm, I'm actually not going to just patch up your marriage. I'm going to give you a new one. And your participation is involved in that. You see, it's, there's a phrase that's been going around. It's been all over the news. It's been everywhere. And it's this, um, the new normal, the new normal. And maybe you've said it, I've said it, I'm guilty of it. Man, I just, I want things to go back to normal again, normal, every, normal. That's the word right now, normal. And then we're even trying to hold on to normal so bad. We want normal so bad that we are saying the phrase new normal, which by the way, is an oxymoron. New and normal don't go together. It doesn't work that way. And so listen, if you're saying, hey, Jesus, in this season and what God, and by the way, I believe that God has been doing profound things in this season in our lives and in your life. That, that this sort of um, pandemic and things getting shut down has sort of brought to the surface what was constantly lying there. And what God is saying is, I don't want to just patch things up. I, I want to create new things. And so God, listen, God is not in the business of making things normal. God is in the business of making things new. New. Just listen to these verses, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. 1 Peter 1, 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 through 24. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and true holiness. Listen, listen to me. God's new is never normal. God's new is never normal. That this is the good news of Christianity. Not that God sort of patches up your life, right? Patches up your life and then sends you on the same path that you were going down. But that God in, in his riches and kindness and mercy creates in us a new heart and a new life through the person of Jesus Christ. This is the whole story of the Bible. It is a new creation. And so um, I think our prayers need to shift that if we've been praying, God, 
please make things normal again. God doesn't work that way. So has our prayer been, God, make things normal again? Or has our prayer been, God, make me new? God, make me new. Not just my spouse, but God, make me new. Not just my job with the boss. Because listen, there's always going to be a job. There's always going to be a boss. There's always going to be a house. There's always going to be something. There's, the, the only thing that we can't get away from is ourself. And so the good news of the gospel is that God doesn't just save us from sin, death, hell, punishment, and his wrath. But God saves us from ourself. From ourself. And he gives us a new life in Jesus Christ. So what in the world does all of this have to do with the sort of three phases of regathering again as a church? Well, it's this. I think, Westside, and please hear me, do not miss this. I think the greatest failure for us as a church is that when we regather again and when the ministries begin to function again in different aspects... Here's what I'm trying to say. If we regather again and things go back to normal, that's a fail. That's a fail. Because God is doing new things. New things in this season. There's going to be a lot of changes up ahead. And by the way, the reason why we want God to patch old things and to go back to normal is normal is comfortable. We know normal. Normal deals with the past. New, new deals with the future. It deals with the present. You see, normal is comfortable, but new, new is challenging. Do you know what it takes to live in normal? Not a lot of faith and trust. But whenever God does something new, it makes us cling to him. So listen, as we begin to regather again in these phases as a church, my prayer, and I'm asking you to pray, is not God make it normal again, but God do something new. Do something new at Westside. Do something new. So what does it look like to begin this new journey together? Well, before I do that, I just want to say a few things. Um, I know that for, for some of you, we're moving too slow. And for some of you, we're moving too fast. And what we're asking for as a leadership is just grace in these decisions. Leadership is stewardship. And whenever we're in a position of leadership of the staff here and the board, community group leaders, and making decisions, and there are people that are involved, we want to steward that well. The second thing is this. Um, there's going to be a little bit of awkward in some of these phases. And so in this new season, here's what I'm encouraging. Um, awkward's awesome, okay? We're just gonna embrace a level of, uh, this is awkward because listen, new is awkward. New is awkward. New is we don't know what to expect, but we're gonna embrace that. And then the third thing is this before we get into the phases. Um, at Westside, we take the scriptures very seriously. And so as a leadership um, and as a body of believers in the city of Popper Bluff, we are responding to the current pandemic with grace and truth. We will not be involved in politicizing and slandering and doing anything like that. That has no place in the kingdom of God. 
If you are a Christian, you do not live in a democracy. You live in a monarchy and Jesus is king. So how do we respond? We respond in grace and truth. And we are a non-anxious presence in this season. So what are the three phases um, going into this? Well, the first phase is this. Phase number one is this, and it's very familiar, is the online services. So um, the online services are what we're doing now. That's, um, we have bought new technology. We've gotten new training in that. Um, we obviously know that the online platform is a very big deal in this season. So when it comes to our podcasts, when it comes to Facebook Live, when it comes to the website, all of that will continually stay. And listen, through these phases, if you don't feel comfortable That's your decision, but please listen. There will be no judgment and there will be no shame in this season. And here's what I mean. You're not more spiritual and more saved if you begin to come to the gathering and not come to the gathering, but participate on an online platform, okay? There's no like varsity and JV when it comes to Christianity, all right? So during this season, if you choose to participate in phase one online, praise be to God. I'm going to share some ways in which you can still be involved and be in contact with us. So phase one is the online platform. And then what we're praying for and holding to for a tentative date, because obviously everything is sort of open-handed in this season, is that phase two would begin on June 7th. So one of the things that we did as a church is we put out a online survey. We heard from over 130 of you and very much so the majority of our congregation, well over the majority of the congregation felt comfortable. You got to speak and say, hey, I feel comfortable with us beginning sometime to begin to regather again. So we're praying for June 7th being on that date of phase two. Now, things are going to look a little bit differently, new new, right? And, and what we're calling this in phase two is the micro gatherings, all right? So we will have services at 9 a.m., at 11 a.m., and we are adding a service at 5 p.m., okay? So beginning June 7th, we will have three services at Westside, 9 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5 p.m., Now, one of the things that we have to do in keeping with Governor Parsons and um, health regulations is that we will be having social distancing here in the congregation. Again, social distancing does not mean spiritual disconnection. So every other row will be marked off here in the sanctuary. Um, What we're calling these services is what we're shooting for is a hands-free service. So what that means is there's, there's no bulletins, there's no pins, there's, there's nothing in the pews. You're going to need to bring your own Bible. When you walk up, the doors will be opened for you. Upon entry into the building, there will be sanitation stations with hand sanitizer, with all of those things. We are praying, we are planning, we are going over a lot of things with that. Also in phase two, we will not have kids side or nursery. But now listen. We will not have kids' side, but we are asking your children to participate if you are comfortable with bringing them to a gathering because what we're going to be doing in this new season is a sort of family-style worship. So as the service begins, 
Um, there will be a video that is shown that is directed towards the kids side kids teaching a Bible lesson. And then after that video, a kids side director is going to pop up. They're going to say the sticky sentence together. They're going to do the Lord's Prayer together. And then Pastor Tyler is going to lead everybody in a kids side song. And the kids side director is going to have some motion with that. And we want you, if you're in the congregation, to participate with that. Because here's what we want to do. We're not going to ignore the fact that we have kids. God has blessed Westside. The quiver is full of arrows here at Westside. And so our goal and the mission never changes, which is to make disciples. And so we're going to acknowledge, we want your kids to participate in these gatherings. Also, since we're not having nursery, one of the things that we're doing and serving you in this season is our nursery director, um, our nursery workers, the women of Westside. There there's every name of every child that's ever been checked into our nursery on the database. What we've done is we've created a list, divvied that list up among the congregation and your baby and also the pregnant women of Westside, right? Your baby is being prayed for in this season by name. Again, it looks new. It just looks new the way that we're doing this. So there's not going to be kid sign. There's not going to be nursery, but we are still participating in that. Um, we still want your kids to participate. One of the things is maybe let's say with the three services, the 9, 11, and 5, Let's say, Dad, you come if you don't feel like your kids are comfortable coming and you, you still don't feel comfortable with that. Dad, maybe you can come to the 9 a.m. while mom stays home and then you guys rotate. Mom comes to the 11 or the 5. The reason why we've created these multiple services is because we wanted to be able to give you options and to also limit the capacity of the amount in the gathering in the service. One of the things that's going to start in June that's going to take us through July is a new sermon series entitled Canoeing the Mountains. And if you're like, what in the world? Perfect. I just want to leave that tension right there with you. There's a new season and we're going to have to faithfully and flexibly follow Jesus in this new season of life. So that's what phase two looks like. Also on our website, um, there's going to be a thing called gathering guidelines. That gathering guidelines is just a checklist for you that if you want to attend one of our three gatherings starting June 7th, you need to go to our website and you need, and you need to look at that gathering guidelines. And it's just going to have a checklist for you. If you're not feeling well or if you're showing any flu-like symptoms or anything like that, to please stay home, but also to contact us as a church because we want to pray for you and to be able to serve you in this season. That's what phase two looks like. June 7th, three gatherings, 9, 11, and 5. No kids' side, no nursery, but still participating in new ways. And then we're praying and holding tentatively that phase three will begin July 5th. So July 5th, we will have one service at 10 a.m. of a physical gathering. Okay, so July 5th at 10 a.m., one physical gathering with still social distancing measures taking place. We will stream that online. Again, phase one will continue through. That will be on Facebook Live as well. We'll also on July 5th stream that service again at 5 p.m. to give you a lot of options for that. And then we're praying and tentatively planning for July 12th 
to be a full reopen. Again, this is still tentative with, um, you know, CDC guidelines, Governor Parsons and what our state regulates for us. And then on that July 12th date, we will have our two regular service times at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. And then this on July 26th, which I am super excited for. I told you, hey, listen, we weren't able to gather for Easter. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not okay with that, okay? I am like not okay with rocking the roof off for Jesus because he bursted out of the tomb and conquered sin, death, hell, and is seated at the right hand of God. So on July 26th, we are praying for, planning towards Easter in July. And on July 26th, we are blowing the roof off this place, okay? I'm already trying to get like snow cones. I don't even know if that's going to happen. Don't hold me to it, but I want to have a party for Jesus on July 26th. And we can celebrate and gather together and say that it is all about Jesus. That's what phase two is going to look like. I'm sorry, phase three. Phase three is July 5th, one service, 10 a.m., All of that will still be streaming online. Then on July 12th, full reopen, 9 a.m. and 11 a.m., praying and planning towards um, some of those social distancing measures sort of to lessen. And then on July 26th, we're going to blow the roof off this place and have Easter in July. I am excited about this. And just to give you a snapshot of what's going to be happening in August when school goes back and you have all of those rhythms, we are going to start the book of Proverbs. That's going to take us all the way through August because we're going to need some practical wisdom from the wisest man who's ever lived outside of Jesus. So I'm super excited about looking at all of those things. Westside, how can you be a part in this season? Where do you come in in all of this? Three very simple things. The first thing is this. um, You can keep praying. Please keep praying. We need wisdom. We need guidance. Pray for us as a church. Pray for Popper Bluff. Pray for our nation. Keep praying. The second thing is this. Keep giving. You have been so faithful in this season. Um, the phase one of the God's Money Capital Campaign, I cannot wait until you enter into this building. Because phase one and our lobby, things are going to look so much different. And it's going to be new. Listen, Jesus doesn't fix old things. He creates new things, man, new things. And so I cannot wait for you to come in, see this building, the updates, the upgrades. We have been at work during this season. So keep praying, keep giving. And then also this, keep serving. Your ministry team leaders are going to be contacting you. And here's what I know in this season. Those who love Jesus and want to serve his church will serve in this season. And those who serve out of selfish ambition, I'm just being honest with you, or find it as an inconvenience or only want Jesus to patch up their lives will not serve in this season, okay? And there's no judgment here on that. That is just what we know we will see in this season. You're very important. And all of this, we are a body and we need to be functioning properly. Keep praying, keep giving, and keep serving. Hey, all of this information is like drinking from a fire hydrant. I get that. It's going to be on our website. You're going to be hearing this communicated a ton over the weeks to come. But here again, please don't miss what we are praying towards. We don't want things to go back to normal because God doesn't work in normal. God works in new, in the new. And it's always better than what we could have ever asked or dreamed of or even tried to pray about. So we're praying not for normal, 
but for new in this season. Westside, would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for the opportunity to pray towards and plan towards a new season of life. God, we're so thankful for the good news, Jesus, that you don't fix old things. You don't just repair and patch things up. You create new things, new lives, new marriages, new relationships. God, that's what we're praying in this season, that new is never normal. God, may this be the beginning of a revival here at Westside of new and great things that we've never seen. What we know is that Jesus, amidst all the new, that your goodness and your kindness and your mercy stays the same. For the God of the Bible is the God of today. And for that, we are so grateful. Holy Spirit, lead us and guide us in this season. Soften our hearts and go before us. And we pray all of this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen.